Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Let me just scan this amiibo so I can exit this dungeon. <laughs> uh, best $40 I ever spent, by the way. Okay, yours was forty. No, oh, mine was, was. Oh, okay. Was, <laughs> I was it, like, mine was not that much. Wasn't it thirty something? <laughs> I mean, like. I think it was twenty five. I paid twenty five for it, anyways. What? No, um, it was like yeah. thirty. Look, when I, I, I just, uh, you know, when I, uh, when I have to report the, the amiibo spending to the, to uh, like how much did I spend on amiibo this month? Uh, Ashley report. I, I have to, you know, you round it up to the nearest five. I think I think it was like twenty nine ninety nine because it didn't qualify for for free shipping, but maybe you got a deal. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I did. I don't know. So uh, yeah, those of you that are wondering, we are obviously talking about Skyward Sword. It released this past week, and uh, the amiibo that comes with it is or doesn't come with it. The amiibo, <laughs> the the I guess companion amiibo. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not an amiibo buyer normally, so I don't really know what like the terminology is. I think. The last amiibos that I bought were the um, the Mario ones, the Mario Bowser and Peach that were all dressed up for the wedding. Oh, yes. The uh, Mario Odyssey. Um, the Odyssey ones. Yeah, that's the last time I bought amiibos. So <laughs> I'm kind of out of the amiibo loop. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I had to get it for Skyward Sword because of the ridiculous functionality that should just be in the base game, which is... It lets you go back to like the your home city, like go back up into the clouds anytime you want. You're just like amiibo tap, bam, and then you can go right back to where you left the surface. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, a, a most welcome feature, and the crazy part is, is as I said, you can do it in a dungeon. It brings you right back to the exact point that you left the dungeon, which is handy if you uh, need to get supplies or whatever for your adventure. But also, I found it very useful when you're in the sort of overworld puzzle areas and you want to warp around that area. You can use the amiibo to go to the sky, then dive right back down because it brings you out at the at the sort of the area hole in the sky. You can just mm -hmm. dive right back down and go directly to whichever uh, spawn point you want. So you don't necessarily have to go back to where your where your amiibo where you left from, yeah. yeah. So if you really mess something up and you want to start over, you can go back to an owl statue or whatever. Yeah, or you you jump off. Like, there's a lot of, like, the in Skyward Sword, there's a lot of these areas where you are creating shortcuts so that you don't have to do the puzzle again. Um, if you, so, for example, I was in an area where I'd kind of walked off the beaten path and I was like, oh, shoot uh i need to go back and instead of like backtracking i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna scan the amiibo go back up come back down and then choose to start at the the farther area that was locked off for, i would have had to go around uh, again which you know wasn't too happy about uh so it, it has these functions where yeah I, I almost feel like this is so useful that it should have been in the game uh yeah even if it was an item you had to like find or unlock or something but it just the fact that it's tied to an external amiibo which is really hard to find like so the reason why i got it was because i was like watching all of the like websites like the source and best buy and amazon and walmart trying to get the joy cons because i really 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 wanted those the two color um zelda branded joy cons um 
we still have the original Switch that we got on like launch week that has the left hand Joy-Con doesn't really work very well. It drops the pairing all the time. So um, which is just kind of like a known issue with the launch versions of the Switches. And so like we needed Joy-Cons anyways. And uh, so I really, really, really wanted them, but I didn't, I wasn't able to get a pre-order. So I was sitting there and I was, ended up getting them from the source and then realized that the Amiibo was in stock as well. Like right at like, I can't even remember what time it was like 9am or something. Basically like when stores opened, they were like, Hey, we have stock. And I was like, huzzah. So I managed to get the, um, the joy cons. And then I was like, I'll get the Amiibo too. Cause I remember Ryan saying that it was going to like negate something that was really annoying about the game and I don't remember what he said it did, just that it did something good. So I'm just going to get it as well since I'm buying these Joy-Cons anyways. So I did, and then like three minutes later, both were sold out. Mm. And as far as I know, you can't get the Amiibo right now. So, I mean, it's one thing to um, like make an Amiibo with an ability that is useful in a game. It's a whole nother thing to have a ridiculously small supply of said Amiibo when it has such a, like, it should be readily available. Like, they should have, like, hundreds available on the shelves for anyone who wants it. And even then, this Skyward Sword HD remake is, or I guess remaster, well, remake, I mean, they did do different um, controls, right? They did, they, you have the option not to do motion control, so maybe remake is a better idea a better word for it anyways doesn't matter the new skyward sword it's a full price game Hmm. so if you're saying here's a full price game and then also i need to put the price of a of an expensive amiibo on top because it's not even like some of the smaller amiibos are cheaper this is a is this is a large amiibo yeah it's a premium amiibo it's It's, a premium yeah uh, i would say like there are in terms of amiibos you have like the 1599 uh canadian ones which are the standard then you have sort of the medium sized like this one which is the sort of $30 range and then there are ones that sort of get into the $40 but really the $30 ones are sort of the top tier where it gets a little more expensive is if you look at the Metroid Dread one where it's a dual pack but there you're getting two amiibos so you know the value's there but really yeah. from a from a functionality standpoint amiibo are usually like oh you get an extra energy tank. So the Metroid ones, you get an extra energy tank and you get an extra missile tank. Nothing that's going to break your experience if you don't have those. You'll still be able to like collect those. But yeah, it's uh, this is a lot. Even if you think about the last Zelda game, like once a day, you got some bonus items, right? So mm. it wasn't even... But this is like whenever you want. You just touch the amiibo and then you go to the sky and you touch the amiibo and then you go to the ground. And it, like, it, it just always works (laughs) and like is does feel like it's a a function that should be baked into the game somehow and yeah so i mean i'm i mean i'm not internet ragey i'm not reddit but um i i'm definitely in the camp of like this feels wrong like i don't even say like money grab necessarily but like if you're going to pay an extra $30 on top of a $90 game, like I'm t- I'm looking at $120 for Skyward Sword, not including my Joy-Cons, which I was going to get the Joy-Cons anyways, because as I said, like they're a more like wider switch problem that needed fixing. So, I mean, but even just if I look at the Amiibo, which I wouldn't have bought without the functionality, like if it was like, hey, bonus items, I would have been like, meh. 
But because it was like, hey, you can fly up anytime you want and go right back down again. I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a steep price to pay. I mean, even having Skyward Sword at the price point that it's at, I mean, it's a very Nintendo thing to do. But it was it was hard for me to swallow. And the only reason that I did was because I was like, I hated this game so much at the beginning, like the first time I played that I didn't even make it through. Like this is a Zelda title. I've never made it through. So I was like, I need to get this game now that they've fixed the controls and made it so it's not motion controlled or not um, not exclusively motion control just so I can try to get through the game and see like what the story is and if I actually enjoy it and everything else. Like, Cause I just, that was the motion controls was a hurdle. I could not get over when this was on Wii. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to close things off on the Amiibo, I think that <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those things where I think Nintendo um, maybe over overshot with what they added to the Amiibo. They, they really, they don't need to tie, you know, strong functionality to these Amiibo anymore. People are going to buy them. Like for me, if it didn't have like such a strong function, I still would buy it because I think it's a cool Amiibo and I like. Yeah, because Amiibo. you're a collector. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's the thing is that now they've created gamers who are Amiibo collectors, which is fine. You know, whatever floats your boat. There's uh, tons of stuff I collect, I'm sure, that people are like, oh, why do you like uh, nail polish colors? I have like 150 nail polish colors. Yes, you need that many shades of pink. Yes, you need all of those glitters. I need eight links. Come on. It's the same thing. (laughs) It is. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody has a hobby (laughs) and, you know, this is yours and that's totally fine. And, you know, so those are the kind of people I think that they should be marketing Amiibos to is the collectors is the like, hey, look how this looks and yeah also it does a thing but i think they've leaned too, like you said leaned too far into the thing made it too uh core to the gameplay and i think they just missed the mark on that this time and they went too far into the usability part of it um because like you said like yeah they they don't need to this isn't the first amiibo they don't need to sell people on the idea like either you love it or you hate it at this point mm-hmm. and uh so i'm definitely in the camp of like like I said, I have a couple that like I I have the yarn Yoshi and I really liked that one because that was a little bit different because it wasn't made of plastic, right? Or like it's made of plastic, but it's fuzzy on the outside. And uh, so it's just it's like I have the like really special ones, but the ones that are really special to me. And so I probably only have like 10 Amiibo total, but like I buy the ones that when they come out, like. I remember them and I really like them and I like how they look and they sit on my shelf, but like, I don't want a whole amiibo shelf like Ryan has. That's insanity. Shelves, <laughs> so, but yeah, this is, <laughs> this is very much though. Like not my, not my jam. Like I would not have purchased this amiibo without the functionality. And that sucks because like, I know most of the value of an amiibo comes from the actual figurine and then the other stuff is bonus but yeah this feels like too much of a bonus to the point that it's almost like the the you know we were talking about the mass effect patches right and <laughs> the yeah. dlc like day one dlc like this feels like they took something that should have been in the game and put it in an amiibo behind a like a price point instead and that sucks <laughs> yeah well considering when skyward sword originally launched for i think for an extra 10 bucks you got a wii motion plus 
Wiimote that was gold and 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 sort of had yeah, the Zelda icon. Yeah, and and I think I even got the gold nunchuck from Club Nintendo for free just by like having points. And you know, you look at. I, I don't want anyone at home to do the math. I'll probably have to do the math at some point, and I, I just don't want to know. But, like, if you purchase the entire Skyward Sword, you know, suite of accessories and the game, it, it's pricey. Like, I don't even remember how much Joy-Cons cost, but the they're up there. They're the most expensive controller you can buy. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure these are more expensive than just the standard sort of, you know, gray and red and blue ones. So... I mean, they're really sweet. I have not purchased another set of Joy-Cons before um, before today. And I'm looking at these and I'm like, there's a reason because I I just don't see, outside of needing extra controllers, which has not come up yet for me, um, just a standard extra controller with a different color, that, that's it's not enough for me. Yeah, so the standard, I just looked it up on Best mm. Buy right now. The standard ones are uh, 99 Canadian, so they're hundred dollars Canadian. Okay, so yeah, I think that's <laughs> which the Skyward Sword ones are the same price. Okay, so, good. I was just yeah. going to say, I'm but pretty they're sure just this. they're out of stock everywhere, though. Yeah. <laughs> like so, but yeah, the they so they didn't charge any more, but they definitely are the most expensive controllers. Yeah. So I mean, looking at the colors and you know the Zelda icons all over it. I, it's a really solid controller. Like you've got the blue on the one side and the purple on the other side. And um, the only thing that kind of stood out to me and I thought I was, you know, losing my mind is I'm looking at the uh, sort of the Joy-Con covers that go on the sides. So yeah, when you, when hold, you have it detached from the system. Yeah, they're different grays, you know. And Yeah, and, one's, one's like white and the other one's just slightly off-white, yeah. like a like a 20% gray. And it's it's by design. <laughs> I thought like before I, you know, texted Jocelyn about it, I'm like, I'm going to look this up online just in case <laughs> I'm losing it. But uh, yeah, it's by design. It must be a different color you know that they pulled off of the the shield well, I think, or something. Like, if you, well, if you look at like the sword, it's like half of it's usually like lit, and the other half's kind of in shadow. So right. I think maybe that's where they're getting it from. I don't know, but yeah, I'm just because it, it kind of like it comes to a almost like a not a not a point, but like there's a raised bit in the middle of the sword, right? Like all swords are like that. True. You're thick in the middle and thin on the outside. That's how you get a blade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how you do yeah. the slicey dice. <laughs> exactly, it makes perfect sense. You just have to say slicey dice, and yeah, everyone you can't understands. get the slicey dice without the bump. It, sure, <laughs> duh. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sharp part, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I like these controllers. Like I know it's weird to talk about something like you know spend the first twenty minutes of a show talking about things no one can probably buy now because they're all sold out. But <laughs> um, I'm sure if you you did end up getting them, like I I think it's. It, your investment is well worth it because these are the these are the best looking Joy Cons and the most function functioning amiibo we've ever had. And I guess yeah. for folks who <laughs> didn't get it, it's probably like, oh man, I guess I should have got those pre orders. Like, there still might be an option, you know, down the road. Like, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure the Joy Cons are sold out, but I have seen the amiibo pop up uh, on occasion, but they they have sold out pretty quick. And um, the Loftwing amiibo kind of hit a bit of a delay. I guess there was a shipping delay. So what's been shipped now is out there, but there's more coming in August. And I think that was a story that Nintendo uh, Nintendo had tweeted out, like basically, ah, uh, we we had some shipping delays, so more are coming in August. So if you if you haven't been able to get one, there will probably be another window next month when the shipment arrives. 
um, from the manufacturer. So no idea about the Joy-Cons. I know those were limited because that is specific to uh, the 35th anniversary that Zelda is celebrating right, right. now. Um, but uh, yeah, the Amiibo should be back in stock. And it is a crazy good function. And if you... I mean, here's the thing. I, I think the reason people aren't complaining and the internet hasn't been set on fire is that the people who 10 years ago spent that time not liking Skyward Sword probably aren't coming back because the the core issue that people had, like you said, were the motion controls. And obviously they can't rip those out without replacing them with something that is, you know, a, a one-to-one sort of replacement. Like they don't just let you hit the A button. So let's let's talk about that. Like yeah. let's let's get into what's going on in the actual game and with the update of the controls. Because I was one of those people. I was one of those like hated the motion control really didn't like want to go through the game the way that it it was going like the way that it controlled and a lot of that had to do with the lack of sensitivity even with the Wiimote plus thing like the the added better controller it was like you had to do things that were just like slightly tilting it and it was like it wouldn't register that and then so you'd tilt it more and then it would be like whoa that's way too far now you fall off the rope and it's like, god damn it <laughs> where are you so, going yeah it's it was very much like um the the sword play was kind of okay but anything that involved a little bit of like a finer control just really didn't register very well at all so and it was like in a lot of those cases, it felt like they put motion control in for the sake of having motion control. And it was like, you really didn't need to do this. You could have just had Link walk across a rope and that just be it. Like, you didn't have to, like, shoehorn in all of these different motion controls in all of these different places. So I think that was my major gripe. So looking at just the translation of those motion controls from like original Skyward Sword to the remapping to the Joy-Cons. I think that it feels better now because I've played both ways. So I played with the Pro Controller and I played with the Joy-Cons just to see what the motion control was like. And you can go into the options and choose to use Joy-Cons, but with button controls <laughs> so like it's it's a really weird like you can kind of turn some stuff on and off it's not nearly as like fine-tuned as i would like it to be and i enjoyed playing with the pro controller more than the joy cons for most stuff except the sword play i hate how they mapped the sword to your right stick it feels so clunky. There's so many times that I've been like trying to hit an enemy with my stick and I'm just standing there like an idiot, like holding it like up and just letting them hit me in the face. And I'm like, no, wait, <laughs> now I want to stab you. And then I just hold it down to the like bottom right. And I'm like, oh man, what? No, don't just hold your sword, like whoosh it. <laughs> and like, it just, I don't know. I know that some people are saying that, you know, it's it's good controls and it's, you know, um, upgrade on the motion and everything else. But like, man, I would, I would rather do button combos like every day of the week. Mm -hmm. Even if it was like four buttons I had to push to do a, like a spin around, I'd rather do that than try to do it on my, like, just flick left and then flick right and then flick left. Oh, you messed up your timing? No circle for you. <laughs> like, oh, God, it was so frustrating. It took me forever to get out of the um, 
the training room with my sword because I couldn't make the 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 big circle whooshy cut yeah. in the middle. I was just standing there for like ten minutes, <laughs> and, and I kept just doing it like just the half, like so I got like left to right or whatever, and you had to go back left again to tell him to go in a circle, but it just was never working. And I was like, this is the worst. Mm. Why am I playing this game again? Like, <laughs> so, but I did get through that and I played another, um, I basically played all of the first segment where you are up in Skyloft and you have to like, it's like you wake up and there's a big race and everything else, but then, oh no, your bird's missing. So you have to go find your bird and then you have to do the flying race and then, you know, you come back and, and go through everything and Zelda gets taken. Oh, no, no one saw that coming. <laughs> like I played that whole sequence with the pro controller. And then I did a little bit of exploration into the woods, which is the first area that you um, that you go into. I did a little bit of exploration there and you start like getting the oh, my God, I had forgotten about the uh, like the piranha plants mm. that have mouths that open either like horizontally or vertically and you have to cut them a certain way to kill them i was like oh my god Ugh, this like it the game does a really good job of telegraphing to you what they want you to do the problem is what they want you to do is so freaking stupid <laughs> like just let me stab it <laughs> like why does it matter if i stab it up and down or if i stab it left or right just let me stab it i just want to stab Look, uh, <laughs> this is the first canonical Zelda game, and uh, after this one, um, they just uh, they evolved into being less annoying enemies to fight across the board. <laughs> because uh, you know, um, the little pig dudes do it too, because they'll yeah. hold their sword very specifically. So they'll hold it like up over their heads, and then you can't hit them top to bottom. You like have to hit them left to right and same thing or they hold their sword up in front of them vertically and then you have to hit them vertically because you can't like it just uh yeah they're it's just a, it's, a, it's again a they lean they sh it is a product of the time and it's them leaning into the motion controls and being like hey look how cool you can do you can say which way your sword is going and then you have to hit the enemies a certain way and it's like uh just no. <laughs> and I completely, and, you know, obviously the show has aged over, over the last nine years. And, and I, you know, what I said back then about Skyward Sword was basically I, I was I was long for the ride. I mean, we get a Zelda game every five years. This, at the time, we didn't know this, but really, like, Skyward Sword is the last traditional Zelda game with dungeons and finding mm -hmm. the items. And, and that stuff was... I really liked and this was a Wii game so the motion control was going to be a given and I personally wasn't prepared to be like well guess I'm waiting a decade for 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 our next Zelda game because again it was Breath of the Wild seven years later <laughs> that was the next traditional one yeah and that's another well and you say traditional well, one not, but even yeah. then like yeah they they ripped the dungeons out of uh breath of the wild and and gave us those um like a whole bunch of little mini dungeons in the shrines right and mm -hmm. then they had like the mythical or no, what were they called something the, beasts so were they myth myth they weren't yeah mythical now it's stuck in my head they were uh legendary beasts or something something uh, like that anyways you guys know what we're talking yeah. about and they were like giant puzzles that you had to solve but like there was always in dungeons there was a nice mix of like 
dangerous platformy stuff and enemies and then also like mind bending puzzles and all three of those together came and made it and made a Zelda dungeon right and in Breath of the Wild they kind of exploded all those pieces out into different places and it just never was as a cohesive experience as what I had liked in other Zeldas so that's kind of why I wanted to go back to Skyward Sword as well as I was like this is the last time that they use that traditional Zelda formula of like, go here, do this big long dungeon crawl and then get an item, come out and then use that item to open the door to the next dungeon. Like it's a it's a good tropey formula. I love it. It works <laughs> for me anyways. Like <laughs> I really, really enjoy it. So I wanted to go back and experience Skyward Sword for just like really their encounter design <laughs> and it's just like it's hidden behind just so much motion control and I had very very high hopes I thought I was going to be able to play this just with my pro controller but um, I think I'm going to end up playing it with the joy cons which is it's good because the motion control is leaps and bounds better I will say um, and because the control of your sword is so terrible for me, in my opinion, on the pro controller, switching from the pro controller to the joy cons, I was like, oh, my God, my sword is swinging how I think it's supposed to swing. Like, thank God. <laughs> but then, like there are still some pain points with the motion control, but at least the sword play feels really good using the joy cons. So I think that that's just how I'm going to play the game. Um, I'm still trying to like wrap my head around a lot of the like camera stuff, though the, there are some improvements to how the camera works and um, just uh, generally trying to get the hang of combat. But again, it's a little bit more intuitive with the Joy-Cons when you have one in each hand, because then you have like one Joy-Con for your shield and you just like if you raise it up, you bring your shield up and then one Joy-Con for your sword. And so it is quite intuitive. Um, but yeah, I... I think I'll end up playing it through on the motion controls, which also means I think I'm going to have trouble playing it through <laughs> again, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is too bad because I know it's the kind of thing that I'm going to look at and go, oh, I'm tired. I just want to sit on the couch and play a game. And then I'm just going to pick up Valhalla because that lets me just play with a controller like a normal game. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm sitting on Skyward Sword right now. Uh, I And OK, so. How do you feel about the actual HD part of Skyward Sword? Because that's kind of the piece now that we haven't talked about. We talked about some mechanics. We talked about sword and motion control and everything else. Um, how do you feel about the actual upgrade of like the visual portion of the game? Yeah, I think the so uh, again, as someone who enjoyed Skyward Sword when it came out, um, it, uh, very much limited by by its its Wii platform on the visual standpoint. Um, being 480p and 30 frames per second, I think that the HD sort of uh, you know remaster here, remake, whatever, um, it it stands up like it takes an art style that you know some accused and probably was the case um, of being a deliberate choice to kind of hide um, the uh, the lack of power that the Wii had. But when you take those textures and you take that art style and you you bump it up, you remove some of the, I think there's a great Digital Foundry video where they kind of talk about all the stuff that they did um, between Skyward Sword and the HD uh, port. 
they kind of removed some stuff that was sort of, uh, you know, I think they called it dithering or something. And it basically blurred out, you know, and, and further blurred some of the backgrounds to kind of improve performance. But they've removed that in, in this one. So you kind of see the art style for all it is in HD. And it works really well. Like it, you know, you get up, you see the rudimentary shapes of things sometimes. It's not like Breath of the Wild where everything is sort of structured just so. You do see the blockiness. Well, yeah, I mean, like in the trees, like you've got kind of like one one section that goes one way and another section that cuts it through perpendicular and you're just supposed to like infer that that's a round tree. Sure. Like it's that kind of a style. But I did notice that like, uh, so... I don't love the art style choice. I mean, I when I looked at it, it's been so long since I played Skyward Sword, right? So I didn't remember anything. And also it would have been standard, not HD, right? So mm. I um I didn't really think that they'd done anything to the majority of the game when I looked at it, because to me, it kind of like everything just looks a little bit blurred and a little bit like kind of smooshed. And the textures, again, they just don't look like what I would assume would be in an HD game. And when you look at them like a little bit further away, then they look okay. But as soon as you get up on it, in a lot of cases, I was like, oh, man, like the grass and the cliffs and stuff. I was just like, oh, this this doesn't look that great. But the characters, I thought I was like, it looks like they dropped HD characters into like a 480 game. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the they definitely did a lot of work with the characters, but like the the ground models and the textures, like that's just they would have had to completely redo it to 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 get it to what you what we would normally expect from a game being released now. Which I didn't really expect that, but like it looked to me like the everything that they put on the floor and the just anything surrounding Link, I think especially because it looks like he got a huge glow up, right? <laughs> so you've got like this super awesome, like looked like they dropped him in out of Breath of the Wild, like Link character and Zelda character with this background that looks like it's 10 to 15 years old and and not HD. Like, I, I mean, and again, if that's the art style that they chose at the time for whatever reason and they wanted to stay, you know, authentic, sure. Um, but yeah, I was expecting a little bit more, I think. But the menus all look great and the characters, like I said, the characters look awesome. And I totally forgot, but very quickly remembered how much I hated that redhead guy. <laughs> oh, uh, Groose. Groose. Yeah, <laughs> I keep I wanting to call Goose. him Goose, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> But there's an R in there. <laughs> well, that'd be good. At least you'd know he uh, he bites it at the end. <laughs> but uh, spoilers. Oh, wow. A, a very old movie. <laughs> oh, movie. I thought you meant the game. I was like, wow, they kill him off in no, Zelda? No. Bold. Goose from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, Goose from yeah. Top Gun. Yep. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm pretty sure it, for, for some reason he's a fan favorite. And um, he does come around in the game. But early on, he is very much a bully. And, and uh, Link... Who, who goes on this grand adventure doesn't really know how to put, you know, the bully in his place. But but Zelda, you know, takes care of him pretty on multiple occasions. And and uh, but yeah, he uh, he's a fan favorite. Uh, he took over the Nintendo America Twitter and he was just posting a bunch of video clips and stuff. And I'm like, people are really into it's not my thing, but people are really into gross. But uh, yeah, 
luckily he never came back. He he was a he was a one and done sort of character when it came to Zelda. But yeah, it's uh, the the game. I think like when you look at what they've done to sort of address the issues. So some of the core stuff here, especially early on in the game. Um, first of all, like when you pick up an item, you do get that introductory sort of spiel, which makes sense to introduce an item when you first pick it up. Um, but in the previous game, every time you restarted your Wii, every time you pick something up, even if it was a repeat, it would tell you again what it was, even if Mm -hmm. it was like a green rupee, you know, if you've played Zelda before, you know, that is worth one. (laughs) you know (laughs) to tell me again every time so they've eliminated that you pick it up for the first time you get you get the introductory text and you're done um you know the original game did not have direct camera control because the wii only had one thumbstick and you use that to move Mm -hmm. link uh but both button and motion control have a form of direct camera control so on if you're playing motion control with the joy cons you just move the right stick and it moves the camera for you which is very helpful um but you need to remember when you're playing button control to use and i have the controllers right here so i remember you use the (laughs) l button uh you hold that down while you're using the button uh controls and that'll allow you to move the camera uh with the right stick as opposed to using uh the sword so that is helpful and that was actually another thing that I really liked when I switched to the Joy-Cons is you don't have to hold down that button. You can just use the right stick to control mm-hmm. your view because your motion control is what's controlling your sword, right? So you don't need that stick for that purpose anymore. And that felt a lot better to me because I, I'm so used to like moving with my left thumb and looking with my right thumb, which I also think is why I was so thrown off with the with the sword controls and why it just like wasn't working is i'm like this isn't what this thumb is for <laughs> yeah well it, it's such a here's the th- i was trying to think about this when i when i i, I started with motion control and because you know for me it's like uh, when when i think of motion control i'm like it is what it is it's how they design the game i want to play this um so I, I'm, I'm by no means saying it's perfect and i've definitely had my moments of frustration i'm pretty sure i have to move my switch from in behind the tv because something's interfering with it uh both with the old joy cons and the new ones so i'm pretty sure it's not the old joy cons problem um but it would just i have to reset the the controller every time i go to use it it was it, it it's a bit buggy but um i'm pretty sure that's a me problem not a game problem um but when i switched over to button controls uh it is very i i just don't know how else they would have done it like they could have like put more programming in to sort of like AI assist so that you just you just hit the A button and it automatically just goes for the for the kill. I don't know. Like uh I, I just don't know how like that would have been nice because then you would have eliminated sort of having to basically the way you, you use the sword is you you push the you you flick the control stick in the direction that you want the sword to go. And mm-hmm. I I've actually used the button control while I'm in portable mode and I haven't used the, the pro controller, but I find with the joy con sort of analog stick, it's a, because it's smaller, you kind of can make that flick a little faster probably. So it might be worth trying that as well, but Mm. by no means is it like, I can't wait to play the next Zelda game with, you know, analog sword controls. And, (laughs) and I said the same thing about motion controls. Like, 
I know I'm going to play it with Skyward Sword, but I definitely, definitely do not want this again. It, yeah. It, it, we don't need a repeat of this. And I know I'm sitting here tell- talking about, you know, repeating <laughs> this, but still, like, it's it's an improvement, um, but it does not fix that, like, core hate of motion control. Like, if, if you didn't like it at the beginning, like, it's fixed, but it's still motion it's control. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> and... I, I like my biggest piece of feedback and I don't know if we get this Nintendo's been better about patching their games but I'm not asking them to you know do an AI assist with the sword like that's not going to happen that completely changes the game but what I would like to see is a mixture of control options where everything's button except for the sword because as you said earlier in the show, all the other stuff, the non-sword stuff, like controlling the beetle that flies and throwing a bomb, that's that's all mapped perfectly to buttons and feels very Zelda-like. It's a it's a little different from you know what what Zelda has offered in the past, but at least it fits and doesn't feel broken. Um, yeah. So I would like to see that option added because there are no real accessibility options when it comes to the controls there's like some camera stuff you can turn off the sort of motion to move the camera when you're playing with the controller like that sort of stuff but that's sort of common switch options with games but like i would like to see sort of a hybrid and i i have a feeling nintendo's not gonna i feel like they're gonna drop this one like a hot potato and be like we did it skyward sword Thanks for buying these yeah. Amiibo. <laughs> All of our Zeldas are HD now. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just would, I think it would improve to have that middle ground option where like, let's accept the fact that it's Skyward Sword. There's motion. They've improved it. And uh, the alternative to the button is like an equally weird hell. But like, <laughs> <laughs> don't make me all, because I'm kind of sitting here like trying to control uh, the flying beetle with with the Joy-Con, and as you say, like you move it one false move, and there's a, a section. I'm in the third dungeon, and there's a section where you have to pick up bombs with the beetle. So <laughs> you're picking up the bomb from a tree or a cactus or whatever, and uh, you fly it, and it's one false move, and you beeline it into the side of the cactus or a wall, and you have to start all over again. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and there's a process to that. I'm 99% sure that that's where I like gave up on the game the first time around. <laughs> yeah. And again, I could totally see that because it's one of those moments where, you know, the button. So now, you know, the button controls are there, you know, Nintendo can give in most likely due to the fact that the switch is a portable system and required a lack of motion controls, but it maps so easily to that left stick. And it just works as if you're playing with a normal controller. I I feel like this game, and and rightfully so, it hasn't been getting sort of the weird tens of the Wii age, but um, which is almost like I mean I feel like every time I read a review for Skyward Sword HD, I feel like they're just like punching Nintendo in the nuts because <laughs> it's like normally like we've talked about it so many times on the show that you know their games tend to get graded on their own kind of curve separate from everybody else and everything is usually a 9.5 or a 10 like they just they grade nintendo so high because often they do feel like they're kind of in a category of their own right like they're not trying to do 
the Call of Duties and the Valhallas of the world. Like they are very much like doing their own thing for their own audience. And, and it's, it's good. It's fine. Um, but they're not usually like held up to the same standard. Like if PlayStation did some of the stuff that Nintendo's done, people would lose their minds. And uh, so when I see Skyward Sword HD getting like sevens and eights, I'm just like, oh, man, that one hurts. <laughs> like you're getting a seven on the Nintendo curve. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think this game does lose. Uh, it, it loses like definitely a full point. I mean, if we're if we, if we were to do review scores, like I just feel like <laughs> it is worth noting that this game could be better if it had more control options not just a one or zero when it like i think when nintendo announced and there's button controls it's like great now give us more options we you talk about the nintendo curve and we look at what sony and microsoft are doing when it comes to accessibility they're that is now a standard addition to their games where there are a bunch of options and i'm not asking for a lot i'm asking for you to just give me like a toggle system where yes, you can totally make it. So the sword is motion and leave that. Cause I think that that works well. It, it is what it is. And it works when it, for the most part, when it needs to work, I haven't had many moments where I'm like cursing, you know, the motion of the sword. Uh, it, it feels really responsive. It's not one-to-one. Like they say, it's not like, you know, you're, you're playing a VR game and you're holding those touch controllers. And as you move your hand, you're seeing your hand move one-to-one it really is, you know, as you move the, you know, the Joy-Con link then tries to approximate that angle and it works for the most part. But I really would like to see the option to use button controls with the sword. It would it would improve the game for a lot of players, especially those that, uh, you know, did fall off because of all the motion, like the balancing. Yeah. That is such a six ass, six, six ass, six <laughs> ass. Six axis uh, PS3. Six axes, then I'd balance better. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, uh, you know, it was definitely, I remember like when the PS3 launched and it had its motion control, which was six axis. And it was like, they did it with one game. And it's like, okay, we did it. We're never doing it again. Yeah, and let's never talk about this again. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that Nintendo continued to go back to that well for an entire generation is like, you know, put it in where it makes sense. Which was the which was the sword stuff? I get it, but like you don't need to make everything like a balancing act, especially yeah. when you're then having to micromanage enemies. So yeah, there's still that issue there, and I I I caution those that that struggled with the first release um, because it's it's still there, and you're like trading one frustration for another, basically. Yeah, so so I think that's that's generally our thoughts on Skyward Sword. Um, if you guys did like the original, then you're gonna like this one. It is the best way to play this game at this point. Is is this HD version on the Switch? They did a good job of kind of bringing it forward to a current gen system. So uh, it's worth picking up if you originally enjoyed it. If you were like me, looking for something that was strictly um, like gotten rid of the motion controls. They did not do that. There are still some pain points there. So if that's the case, then steer clear. If you're just curious, I do think, or if you didn't play it the first time around, this, like I said, is kind of almost like a definitive version. Like it's a really good version of the game and the motion controls are better based on the fact that they are, you know, just 10 years further ahead with tech, right? The the Joy-Cons are better at motion control than the Wiimote was. So um, it's, it's worth taking a look 
Maybe, <laughs> depending mm. on the depending on your opinions on motion control and Skyward Sword. But um, but yeah, so I think that's probably where we're going to leave that. I don't think we'll need to touch on it again because obviously we've already talked about the story of it and everything else 10 years ago. None of that has changed. So I'm sure you guys can go back to like episode, I don't know, like 25 <laughs> oh. and here, here are our thoughts on Skyward Sword if that's the kind of thing you're into. Um all of our episodes are available uh, over on our website. Uh, but if you do enjoy our content then and now, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin to support the show like Terry did. Terry, thank you so much for supporting us. You are our patron of the month for July. If you would like your name here, again, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin. That brings us to the news section of the show. A um, little quick follow-up from last week. So we talked about uh, Netflix and their hiring uh, someone for uh, gaming, and it turns out that, yes, they have confirmed that they are moving into the gaming space. And much like we expected, um, that's going to consist of them taking the path of least resistance and going into more Bandersnatch type uh, content, which is interesting. Um, they also mentioned mobile gaming. And so that's kind of where I raised a bit of an eyebrow because I'm like, wait, are you going to make like Bandersnatch, but that works on a phone and has like control, like touch controls? Or are you doing Bandersnatch type content for my TV and also mobile games? Like, are they two different like genres? Yeah, it, and it's interesting because it's tied to the Netflix subscription. Um, yes, that is another thing they clarified is that any gaming that they do will still be part of your Netflix subscription. It's not going to be an add-on or an extra or, or separate in any way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, we've obviously been following all the cases against Apple. Google is probably fine with whatever this plan ends up being. But when you look at the Apple ecosystem, which is a big part of, uh, you know, the App Store or the apps in general, um, Netflix already has like a specific deal with Apple to allow you to subscribe uh, within the app, or at least some companies do. Um, but when you look at a game subscription, and you saw how much Microsoft has struggled with Game Pass on, you know, with a native app, this is almost like Netflix saying like, yeah, we've been following the Epic and Microsoft stuff. We're also throwing our hat into the, you know, make Apple um, do change basically and <laughs> make apple do change yeah just do it <laughs> just change and uh you know there's obviously a lot of people have talked about all the issues that apple's facing and and what's going on and, and i think yeah it would be nice if if i could play my game pass games uh on an apple you know native apple app but uh we're not quite there yet but this is another one of those companies that are basically saying like look, we already got a deal with Apple for our, you know, um, video app. And we got them to change policies. There was policies in place before that, you know, didn't quite work. But I think um, they they also specifically mentioned Apple Arcade as an example to what uh, they want to do with mobile. And they could very much focus on Android first and see how that goes. But really, you don't say you're getting into mobile gaming and, and, av and avoid one of the major platforms uh, when there's only two. So... It, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. It's still a couple years out, but they do say like 2022, we'll start to see like their first, you know, uh, sort of 
experiences. So um, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to follow. I'm sure Apple is, you know, uh, you know, prepping their lawyers for yet another, you know, <laughs> dive into the courts. But uh, we still don't have. I don't think we have the ruling from Epic v Apple yet. So um, that could very much affect you know, their plans going forward, but it'll be interesting to watch. I think it's really turning into the battle of the subscriptions. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that is, that's the thing, right? Is Netflix is losing out a lot. It used to be that they were the be all end all for streaming content, right? They didn't have a lot of competitors. The competitors that they had didn't have wide libraries. And now we're kind of seeing, um, companies like Disney, launch their own streaming service and pull their content out of Netflix, right? So all of the deals that Netflix had with these companies have now been like have expired and that content's been pulled. So Netflix is like, well, are we just B movies now or, you know, what are we going to do? And I think that they've had to make that decision of like what is going to give value to existing customers so that they don't leave. Because I mean, like I'm at the point now where I'm... (laughs) Ryan, I just canceled Apple TV. <laughs> I <Whoa>. canceled a sub. <laughs> well, you, yeah, that's good. I mean, you're yeah. getting there. Only <laughs> I'm 30 I'm more so to go. Close. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing, right? Like, I'm at the point now where I'm starting to really look at the subscriptions that I have for streaming content and go, Netflix, I'm sorry, but I really don't think that you make the cut. I might resub. Well, I will resub because, I mean, honestly, uh, Henry Cavill, yes, please. Um, but, like... I'm at the point where I'm going to start cutting a lot of subscriptions because there's just so many and it's adding up so fast that I'm just like, man, I can't afford to be paying, you know, 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there for all of these different subscriptions if you're not going to bring the content. And right now there's just other subscription services that are bringing me the content. So Netflix has to do something to innovate and keep up and maintain those people that have those subscriptions. And I think that this at least is a space that they can explore with their own IP and they don't have to, again, like make deals with other people who may or may not pull their content at the end of the deal, right? Like if if Netflix is making gaming content and making original content, then they control that from now until forever, right? And that's the situation that they want to be in. Yeah. It's about retention, basically, like yeah, to keep, yeah. um, to have an experience that keep people coming back month to month. And, um, you know, Netflix is, is if it weren't for Paw Patrol and the various kids programming that's on there, I would likely cancel <laughs> until um, The Witcher comes out because I find them just, uh, the, a lot of their original stuff, like, it's hard to get into because they've been canceling it more. So I'm like, I'm not going to invent, like, literally there was a show I was going to watch and I'm like, I should really check out that uh, Jupiter show or whatever. And um, <laughs> I finally carved out some time to start it. And it's like, oh, no, we, we canceled it, even though there's a cliffhanger. We'll probably finish it in a comic. And I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> great. Um, all right, well, fine. Um, and it's just, I think, you know, adding games is, it, it's a um, an avenue that uh, obviously has been, you know, explored by Microsoft with Game Pass and Apple and Google with their respective, you know, app passes. But there's room for competitors to come in because there's not many companies that are doing these uh, video game sort of subscriptions where you get to download and play the game um, or play multiple games uh, as long as you're subbed. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, um, it, it all comes down to the content, though. So we'll see what they end up doing. 
Um, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be like, you know, smaller experiences starting off like they did with their original content starting off, like one or two mm-hmm. shows, one or two games. Oh, man. One of the first things they ever did was Hemlock Grove, and it was so good. It was so weird. It was just so good. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there's a lot of like early stuff. And I think that was that's the other thing, too, about, you know, Netflix knows how to kind of support their content, because I think early on they they had a different approach where it was they gave a show room to breathe. And they even though, you know, like uh, Hemlock Grove is a good example, I they, they finished that one out like in three seasons. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they gave Orange the New Black like seven seasons, you know, and it yeah. just kept going. And I think that if they could apply that it's a very different model with gaming. It's probably more expensive to, you know, continue to, um, you know, make sequels to something that, that, that wasn't received well. But um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I, 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 I'm cautiously waiting to see what they do. I'm obviously not going to be like, can't wait to play that next Netflix game. I don't think it's going to be like that. Uh, but the way they're talking, they do want to kind of emulate what they've done with original content with TV and film and even reality shows. They dropped that in there. I guess they're big into reality shows now. Um, yeah. Oh my God. And honestly, I watch them all. Yeah. They are trash. Like they're not even like the way survivor used to be trash TV. Like these, these series are, Oh my God. It's the trashiest of trash TV, Ryan. It's like, it's like it, if reality TV and Maury had a baby. Right. Cause I'm pretty sure there's one that's literally like, uh, put a bunch of hot people together, and if they do it, yes, they lose that points. Is, that is too hot to handle, Ryan. Uh, okay, I've never seen it. I've seen I've seen trailers for it, and I understand the and concept. And then they had one of the people from Too Hot to Handle Season 1 in The Circle Season 2, so we're even getting reality crossovers. What? It's Yeah, it's ridiculous. What's The Circle? Is that like a... The Circle is like a social media thing. It's like they all they put them all into apartments, and then uh, they're all in this social media thing called The Circle, and they can put up whatever pictures they want. So some of them are like catfishes and like mm. dudes playing chicks and stuff like that. And yeah, anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. But yeah, you guys all found out Jocelyn watches very, very trashy Netflix reality content. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't involve me thinking, Ryan. Sometimes no. I like to shut my brain off. <laughs> I, I I completely understand. And there's a new one coming out that is like, uh, I think everybody who goes on a date has like, really advanced um uh cosmetics and prosthetics on to look like animals and stuff oh yeah they did uh so there was a show before the pandemic called love is blind or something like that where they couldn't see each other but now i guess they're going in and like smooshing that show together with like an uh special effects makeup show uh, anyways mass singer or something oh yeah the mass singer that's something i never watched but yeah that same idea anyways uh that was a total aside hmm. <laughs> but uh speaking of competition and stuff and and trying to maintain subscribers and and pull people from one platform to another uh final fantasy 14 has had a huge influx of players lately uh because i mean there's kind of been an exodus from wow uh 9.1 we talked about last week and it's been um lukewarmly received i guess is probably the best way to to think of it there's kind of a lot of hate going on for blizzard right now which is why i didn't want to go like too hard on them last week because i feel like everyone's been going pretty hard on them but um yeah a couple of big twitch streamers and i'm not going to mention them because one of them in particular is pretty toxic but um 
pretty big Twitch streamers, very big Twitch streamers, uh, decided to not play WoW and to play Final Fantasy XIV, and their entire audiences went over. And that's obviously not the only um, the only driver, but I think that when uh, big name WoW people decide to check out another MMO, uh, people are going to pay attention and probably also try. And the amount of increase of new players has just decimated the game. <laughs> so they've had a lot of stability issues over on the Final Fantasy side of things, um, which I think is good. I mean, WoW needs a good kick in the balls and they need some competition. So I'm really glad that like at the same point that they're launching their first patch from like the launch of their latest expansion, that at that like in that same week, Final Fantasy's like, uh, we literally can't keep our servers up because we're taking all your players. <laughs> like, this is good. This is good for the MMO genre. <laughs> yeah, and and again, like, you have another subscription-based MMO that is continuing to uh, do well. There's a lot of free content that you can play within Final Fantasy XIV. And it's... Uh, in I highly recommend, even if you're not playing the game at this stage read it's a huge post by the by the game director to kind of talking about you know all the issues that are happening and um taking full responsibility for what's going on which it's very apologetic and they go into all the detail of like what they're doing to fix it how it's affecting the different tiers of players so free players and paid players Mm -hmm. so for example they've introduced uh login queues but um if there is a login queue and you're a free player you're not even going to be able to get into the game because they prioritize paying players which makes perfect sense um but then they go into detail about like how do we address this adding new servers there's a you know a a a chip shortage so we're struggling to like actually source the servers and in and at the end of the post like the the director takes responsibility no one had asked him to do that no one is probably saying like man i hope the game director takes personal responsibility for (laughs) issues that are sort of outside of his uh his control but at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's just refreshing to see a company take responsibility for, for what is going on, address it in a post that, uh, that you know, uh, I don't, you know, frequent the Blizzard forums, but, you know, you, you, you hear of blue posts and they're yeah. not <laughs> quite like this. Um, this is really refreshing to see. And um, honestly, I think it just, it, it shows uh, that they're, that they they have a really great game here and this isn't even like you know an influx of players because they they kind of mentioned at the top of the post about their you know as we prepare for the new expansion i thought like oh the expansion must be coming out like next week because that's the reason it's it they're getting such a huge boost in players no it's november so yeah <laughs> uh, which is great because it gives them time to prepare for that launch because i mean if it's busy now i can only imagine that when this this expansion launches in november they're going to want to be ready um yeah so this is a good sign they've got four or five months to kind of you know get those new servers online and and uh, implement some changes like there wasn't an auto lo- uh, logout function so um they never needed it before, but now they will kick people out of the game if they've been AFK for longer than I think they said 30 minutes to an hour, um, which again seems which is like yeah. which is super long because I think WoW kicks me out if I'm inactive for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes sense. I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were joking about it like, oh, man, I, I won't be able to just, you know, leave my app running while I'm in whatever the equivalent of Stormwind is. 
Uh, but like from a server capacity standpoint, it makes perfect sense to, to log players out, like uh, especially if you have players both free and paid waiting to get into the game. So mm-hmm. um, this is a it's a really refreshing to see. And it popped up a bunch in Discord. We have some Final Fantasy 14 players in there. And uh, I, I did want to put this in here, even though you and I aren't playing. I've played in the past. Um, I, I haven't played in a long time, but uh, it's really great to see, um, you know, developers, uh, you know, uh, addressing their player base in a positive way and just being really supportive. It's it's really great. Yeah, I agree. Um, I Again, like I said, I'm excited to see some uh, some competition in the MMO space and see what happens, because there's also some new ones. And I know we've talked about them on on the game or on the gamers in in the past. Um, like, uh, oh, what's it called? Pal- Palia is coming out soon ish. They're in alpha and they're supposed to be like a non combat MMO, like basically just the Sims, but with other people. Um, which is another cool concept. Like, I think there's a lot of people trying to innovate in the space. And unfortunately, right now, Blizzard just really isn't one of those companies. They're they're very much, they are, and they have been kind of resting on their laurels. And I think um, very much they seem to be prioritizing, like, way, like I said this last week, um, ways to make you feel like you have to do stuff as opposed to making you want to do stuff in order to keep their active users up, which uh, which isn't great. So again, like anything in the space that makes them think twice about their decisions and then, you know, that's that I think is good for everything overall. And obviously, guys, we're running a little bit long here, so we are going to have to cut it here. But uh, we do know that uh, the Nintendo Switch Pro has been announced, obviously. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. I mean, the Steam Deck. We do know that that's news, but we are not going to be able to cover it tonight because we are just out of time. We talked about Skyward Sword for way too long. Yeah. That's my bad. But um yeah, we do know that that's been announced. We'll uh, actually, I guess Ryan will probably be talking about that next week because uh, I'm going to go on vacation. Yay! I'm taking a week off. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, Ryan, I, I'm sure you'll be you'll be t- chatting about that next week with whoever ends up being a guest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Steam Deck is really exciting, and and I want to give it some some time so we can we can chat about it. So we will hold on yeah. to that till next week. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to talking about. Um, the switch linux pro proton thingamajig so we'll see (laughs) yay words (laughs) Uh, if you guys want to type in some words you can head on over to bit.ly slash tgi discord to join that conversation over there or you can follow us on twitter you can find me jocelyn at joss plays ryan is at r murphy and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in thanks for staying at the gamers in remember tune in next week bye everybody bye everyone